Welcome to Understanding the Law Radio, your business success and legal information station. And now, your host, Peter Lamont. Well, hi, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm Peter Lamont with my co-host, Brendan. How you doing? Good. How are you today? Well, you know, seeing as I haven't been eaten by a great white shark, I'd say I'm doing pretty good. Were you on vacation? I was last episode where we talked about vacations and lots of other things that are very fun. Uh, And so go check that out. But on this... You're on Amity Island right now, is that what you're telling me? I am telling you that because you know what we're talking about this week? What are we talking about? Is it Shark Week? It is Shark Week. So naturally... No, not, not really Shark Week. Shark Week... Is, there the a, Discovery, is that a real thing? Oh my! You, I know it's on the Discovery Channel, but that's not like uh, a national holiday. Shark Week is almost a national holiday. I don't get off for Shark Week, so you know I don't really care when it is. Well, you're off almost all the time. That's true. So all right, so let, every let's week talk. is Shark Week for you. We're not talking about Shark Week, but we are talking about sharks. One specific shark. Well, technically a bunch of different sharks, but you know what I'm saying. It, Jaws. We're talking about the movie Jaws. Yeah, and, and we, we teased this uh, a couple episodes back. You know, part of our summer series where we like to talk about vacation and all kinds of other things, we're going to be talking about Jaws and analyzing it from a liability standpoint. But don't don't be like, oh, my God, they're going to talk about the law. This is actually really interesting. Laws. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> you see a dun, new, dun, dun, a, a dun, new dun, movie dun, poster. Dun, dun. It's a briefcase out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny all right so let's let's talk about jaws so here here let's we go first of all if you haven't seen jaws this isn't a spoiler alert you are just way 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 <laughs> behind the time yeah spoiler alert <laughs> for what, what can i do 1975 for you? yeah what, what can we do for you nothing you got to see jaws 50 years too late so here's the deal with jaws i'm going to give you the the brief overview and then i'm sure Brandon there was a shark correct and me. it ate people there and you go he had teeth that's also true and no, go ahead. You can, give, you can give the brief overview here. So here's how this the the movie played out. First of all, there's a book, right, that was before the movie. Was and, there? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And and some of the time frames in the book are different from the movie as far as how, you know, much time um, transpired between them knowing about the shark and whatnot. But oh, here see, that's that's here interesting because I, I actually did a, a research paper a while ago, a long time ago on horror movies and about how they are affected by and affect, you know, the outside world. And I, to get to the point, read that Jaws was actually created, uh, inspired by, not necessarily inspired by, but heavy, heavily influenced by the large amount of shark attacks that year, the year that it came out, and how it was terrifying because it really struck a chord with people because at the time, that was an actual issue. Yeah, I mean, that's like the, the year... Um when there was that overwhelming gremlins attack. Oh, of course. And yeah. Who could forget? Yeah. They came out with that movie gremlins. Horrifying. It was horrifying. Yeah. Right. You know, although anyway, let's get to the, the summary of jaws and then we're going to lead into this liability discussion. But this is interesting because we're going to go beyond jaws and we're going to tie in real life things, right. With, with Disney and other, other places. So just, just bear with us. Here we go. So the whole plot of jaws is that basically on Amity Island, uh, there is a police chief, Grody, right, and he is a very liability focused, trying to keep everybody safe. He's a he's a you know a police officer. He Focused wants everybody on the to be safety safe. of everybody, safety. right? He wants everybody to be safe. 
He's, he's a good in, guy. Yes, he's in charge of the beaches. He wants to make sure that the lifeguards are trained and everybody swimming is safe because they're obviously swimming in the ocean. Right. And there's wildlife in the ocean that you just need to be aware of because you mm-hmm. can't control it. Now, meanwhile, there's the mayor of the town, and the mayor's a politician, and we all know about that. And the town gets uh, heavily relies on tourism. For, right. Yeah. Right. A lot. The bulk of their revenue comes from the summer season through through their tourism. Right. And uh, I can't remember if it's Memorial Day or Labor Day. Do you remember? Um, I believe it's Independence Day. Oh, Fourth of July. Yes. Okay. So, um, it, it's their big big bash, and they're expecting a tremendous amount of people to come to the beach. So. The mayor wants to make sure that the beach is open, that they've got tons of, of, of vendors and, and right, whatnot, right. right? So in the midst of this, there is a shark attack. A great white shark has come to Amity, and he is feasting on the feet of teenagers. Specifically, there was a woman who skinny was, was skinny dipping out in the ocean, and the shark must not have liked it. You know, thought he was disrespecting his property, so he ate her, or, or tore her to pieces. And then Brody found her body later on on the beach, and he said, "This was a shark attack. We need to close the beach." And the mayor said, "No, we right. can't do that. That's suicide. You could never, you know, you know how important it is." So they kept financially. It open. Financially, he said he wanted them to change the cause of death to death by boat propeller, but Brody really? knew, "No, this is a shark." Right, and so the whole idea is here we got big government saying we don't want to you know, injure the town. We don't want to decrease the revenue and scare right. people because there's a shark, so we're going right. to call it something else, mm-hmm. and, and it's going to be death by propeller. Right, of course. So. so then all the people came to the town. It was the huge boom. Everybody was on the beach. Brody was nervous, but, you know, seemed like everything was going okay. Plus, he's employed by the town, right? So what's right. he going to do? He's yeah, gonna, exactly. Yeah, he has no choice. Right. Well, kind of. So all kinds of people are all over the beach, and there was a little kid who asked his mom to go back into the water for a couple more minutes, and she said, okay. So as you'd expect in this kind of movie, he gets killed. He gets eaten by the shark, and everybody's screaming and running off the beach, and Brody's horrified, and the mother is even more horrified. So then the town holds a meeting, and they still don't close the beach, but... They have police boats. The uh, mother offers $3,000 to whoever can hunt down the shark. So, you know, it, it becomes a bigger problem, but the mayor still doesn't want to close the beach. Right. That's the that's the, the gist of it. Because the, beyond that, then there's a, a hunt for the, the shark, and they find Very the shark. Movie. It's Very a good, good movie. movie, yeah. But we're going to focus on this liability aspect. The so, fact that multiple deaths happened. The mayor knew there was a shark and specifically said that the beach was... You know, still open. Right. He knew he knew that there was a problem with sharks. He didn't want to close it because if he closed it, they would have lost revenue. So right. he kept it open knowing that there was a shark. Right. And keep in mind, later on in the movie, he did eventually close the beach, but it was long it was too after late. multiple way, way deaths. Way too late. Way yeah. too late. So, so here's the question that I'm going to ask you, Brendan. Yes. And I, I have a feeling that your answer is going to be very similar to most of our listeners. Mm-hmm. So if the mayor knew about the sharks and didn't close the beaches is the town automatically liable for the, the mayor. Injury? Yeah. Mayor in the town. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it, it seems like that's the obvious answer. Okay. And do you think that you'd have a successful lawsuit then against the town? Absolutely. I mean, if the mayor knew he, he knew and he said 
keep the beaches open, and then, you know, I got attacked by a shark. Totally. Okay. So you're... Seems like a fair bet, yeah. Well, you're kind of right, but you're kind of wrong. Really? Yeah, this is the analysis that we're going to get into. So municipalities, public entities, are um, under different laws than a a private business, Mm -hmm. or you and I for that matter, right? Right. So there's something called sovereign immunity, and it dates back to, you know, really um, old English law. And it basically says, right, in English law, hey, you can't sue the, sue the king. Your sovereign's immune from liability. Right. So <clears throat> carry that forward to modern day. So states have, and federal government and whatnot, any municipal entity has what they call sovereign immunity. And these immunities make it a heightened bar before you're able to sue the town. So if the town was simply negligent, and let's talk about what negligence is. Negligence is the, uh, you have a, you owe a duty of care to somebody. Right. You don't act appropriate under the circumstance. Mm-hmm. There's foreseeable risk and they cause injury. That's the crux of what negligence is. Negligence is just being careless. You know, it's like, um, if you are a store owner, you owe a duty of care to maintain your premises in a safe fashion so that when people come into your store, they don't trip. Got it. So if you remember in last episode, I talked about my grandmother who fell yes, in a hotel. You did tell that story. Right? So if you want to just give an, a negligence example, if a hotel, private business, has an area of rug that's raised, ripped, and is a tripping hazard, mm-hmm. and they knew or should have known about it, foreseeable risk, and a guest who is in the hotel, trips on that rug and gets injured, they're responsible. That's negligence. Right. So if you now apply this negligence to municipal entities, what we have is a heightened level. So a municipality is typically not able to be sued for regular negligence. Okay? Whereas a private business can. Mm Mm-hmm. They have to have, you have to be able to prove gross negligence. So in in the case of JAWS, would there be gross negligence on the part of the municipality? So let's look at that. What's gross negligence? Well, that's like a a much higher standard. It's like you you knew you could have done something about it. You chose not to. So what's your analysis of the gross negligence in JAWS? Well, I mean, I, I think that there definitely is gross negligence because he saw the the corpse of a, a woman. He was told by an official that it was the cause of death was a shark. Uh, that boy was also killed by a shark. There was no question as to whether or not there was a shark and whether or not it would continue to eat people. He said that it should just stay open. So I think so you're absolutely. talking about the mayor. Right, the mayor, the mayor. Right, so... I tend to agree with you. I think that because there were so many instances where the mayor knew about the shark and deliberately turned a blind eye, mm-hmm. that, in, in my opinion, is gross negligence. So, in theory, if any of these family members or individuals that were injured wanted to turn around and sue the mayor of Amity or sue the township of Amity, mm-hmm. they likely would have been able to have a successful claim arguing gross negligence. Right. So 
that's how Jaws, which was a you know, fun thriller. Yeah. If you look at it, you can see in, in the real world why, you know, you as, um, well, not why, but you get to, to, to understand, I think, a, a broader picture of what real-world liability issues look like. Right. Like the mayor, if he was smart, would have been talking with people and saying, all right, listen, what's our, our, our risk here? You know, instead, the way they portrayed in the movie is that he just made that decision on his own because he knew that they'd lose so much revenue. Mm -hmm. But risk assessment is something that a municipal entity should do. Right. And, and typically they do. You know, they look at, hey, is this highway safe? Is this roadway safe? You know, are there a number of, of accidents? Now, just to tie into the gross negligence discussion, I once had a case where a motorcyclist was injured. Mm -hmm. and she alleged that the roadway was defective because the signage that was up, it was improper signage. Okay. Okay. And so she was trying to establish that the municipality was negligent. We were representing the, the municipality. So to prove gross negligence, she attempted to show that there were something like 32 accidents at that location. And then as a result of those 32 ac accidents, the municipality knew or should have known of the significant risk posed by the signage and therefore would be grossly liable. Right. But the problem with her analysis is that there was no other accident like hers. Got it. There was accident because of a deer. There was accident because of a raccoon. There was accident because of snow. But nothing that said that the signage was inherently dangerous, nothing to get to that gross negligence. So even though the township may be considered to be negligent, right, Got because it, right, maybe they right. could have picked a better sign, mm -hmm. they weren't grossly negligent. Understood. So the same holds true for, for Jaws. But now, keeping in line with our, our theme of Jaws, Let's jump ahead. Let's skip Jaws 2. Okay, skip Jaws 2. Never seen it. Let's go right to Jaws 3. Now, Jaws 3, in case you don't know, is my favorite. Well, it's also Jaws 3D. Well, it's Jaws 3. Like I said, 3D. In, in our preparation for this episode, I called it Jaws 3, and you called me out. It comes after Jaws 2 and before Jaws 4. So what would you call that? Jaws 3D. But it's Jaws 3. You don't have to say Jaws 3D. It's Jaws 3. Well, I just want to keep things, you know... Appropriate. Appropriate? It's 3D. I remember seeing Jaws 3D in the movie theaters. Oh, yeah? You know, with like the paper 3D uh -huh. glasses. Right. It was bad 3D. Oh. Uh, but nevertheless, the, movie's still cool. the, the movie is called Jaws 3D. Well, uh, that one is a little bit different than Jaws. Instead of an island and, uh, you know, the beach, it's SeaWorld of yeah, all places. Chief Brody's son now has a job at SeaWorld in, in Florida. Right, right. Is it actually SeaWorld? Yeah, it's SeaWorld. Yeah, that's right. And they're opening up a new deep sea exhibit where you can uh, go in these huge tunnels and walk around and see the underwater Sharks. life without getting wet at all. And right. so the movie picks up again, starts off with another death. Yeah, well, that's, that's so here, let's talk about this for a second. So in this movie, SeaWorld has a group of water skiers mm -hmm. that are doing, like, shows, water shows for the guests. Right. And 
one of the the uh, performers gets bitten by a shark, victim of a shark attack, right? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that somebody at the park left the gate open. This is uh, like, we're just going to jump through this. They left the gate open. The shark came in. Mm-hmm. They get the, the shark. They capture the shark. They it try to dies. rehabilitate the shark. Yeah, the shark dies. The shark's mother is super, super angry. Right. And she's like, oh, we're not having any of this. You know, you you killed my shark baby. Or baby well, shark, sure but that would shark. be horrible if anybody <laughs> reminded me of that song. That would be the worst thing ever. But anyway, so the bottom line here is that SeaWorld, right? There's mm-hmm. potential negligence in leaving this uh, gate open from the SeaWorld water into right. the open sea, which would have allowed the shark to come through. Mm-hmm. They knew that that their performers were being eaten. So... Now, what's the difference between SeaWorld and Amity Island, the municipality? Do you know? Right. Do you know the difference? Well, like you said, SeaWorld is a private business. Yeah. It's not a, what's it called? Municipality. Right, right, right. It's not a public entity or a private. So that, that's my guess as a non-lawyer. All right, so you're right. So there is a completely different standard for private businesses for non-municipal or governmental entities Mm -hmm. so now could i ask you a question yeah a question for you say the same plot as jaws one which uh, jaws 3 was a little bit more complicated but say that the exact kind of thing happened in jaws 3 but it was at SeaWorld. the park owner allowed them to keep the park open despite the fact that he knew there were sharks attacking guests would this be a completely you know, done case yeah. from the get-go. You know, you know exactly. Well, and, and that's what, if, if we look at Jaws 3 and then take your example of, of bringing Jaws 1 into the Jaws 3 environment where it's a private business, mm-hmm. you no longer have to show gross negligence. All you have to do is show negligence, regular old negligence. Got it. And so the there's no immunities. There's no immunities for private businesses. You would just be negligent. And then, yes, it would be a much, much easier case. So here's here's an interesting thing, though, right? We, we know we're talking about SeaWorld, and SeaWorld's in Florida. And I know that you've been to Florida many times. I've been to Florida many times. Um, and we all know the, the, the tragic story about the Disney Gator attack that happened a few years yes. ago. The, with Very the boy, upsetting, right? yes. Yeah, it was, I believe, uh, Grand Floridian Beach and or mm-hmm. Polynesian. I can't remember which one, but those right. those two resorts kind of, um, you can walk from one to the other, and it's the same body of water. Right. And so um, this boy, and years ago when it happened, I did a podcast episode about it if you're interested in hearing that. But the gist of it is the boy got dragged down by an alligator and, uh, you know, unfortunately and tragically was killed. Right. Um, since then, the Grand Floridian and all of Disney World, for that matter, has implemented uh, chains, chain link fences, signage mm-hmm. that say, you know, this body of water may contain alligators and snakes and other wildlife in addition to their no swimming. So, you know, it's really they've they've now gone and they've taken these steps to um, notify people and to uh, protect people from from those areas. Right. But, but, 
And, and you know, going back for a moment, the negligence aspect of, of that prior case is that is is that there was an alligator in the water, right? Mm-hmm. But we have to analyze this. What do you know about that Disney water that was surrounding the Grand Floridian and the Polynesian? First of all, do you know what it's called? Bay Lake. Bay Lake. Right. Seven Seas Lagoon. Yes. What do you know about that lake? You can take boat tours on it. What do you know about the creation of that lake? Man-made. It's a man-made lake. Right. So what does that mean? If it's a man-made lake, wouldn't you think it was completely controlled? You would think that, yeah. Or that the animals got off of uh, Discovery Island, I believe it was called. Well, yeah, there's there's a theory though about that. Yeah, there's a theory. I've seen that. Definitely, I've seen that they donate that they get the animals to like yeah. sanctuaries. And I stuff. think that's a lot of conspiracy. So, just in case you don't know, Discovery Island was a Disney-owned island in the middle of Bay Lake. Pretty much a zoo. Right, not a zoo, as they say for Animal Kingdom. Yes, not a zoo. But anyway, uh, Discovery Island was a a wildlife habitat. Right. And you guests would take a boat over mm-hmm. and they would tour it and then they would see the animals. Now, there's a lot of um, theories out there, especially if you look on YouTube, you'll see how, oh, Disney abandoned all these animals. And I, I just don't think that's true. But there's a theory that the animals got loose from Discovery Island and then inhabited the waters. But that's neither here nor there. Let's talk for a moment about this man-made lake. So... If I were a guest, would it be reasonable for me to assume that if there's no signage, that it would be safe for me to put my feet in that water? Well, I think, yeah, if man-made lake, no signage, I would put my feet in the water. Yeah, right. And, And so I think that that's what was in a lot of people's minds. And I think that the idea of, hey, you can, you know, walk along this body of water it's man-made you know i'm, I'm going to let my my child wade in the man-made lake not a big deal mm-hmm. i'm ankle deep and then of course you know the unthinkable happens you're grabbed by an alligator right but but here's the interesting part in most circumstances landowners we're talking about private landowners they are not automatically liable for wild animal attacks really because you can't control what a wild animal does. Would it be like act does. of God kind of thing? Kind of, yeah. Like you, you have no idea, no control over what an animal, a wild animal is going to do. That's different than if it's like your dog, mm-hmm. right? And your dog goes out and bites somebody. That's a completely other animal, right? if you will. Smart. I thought I'd get a chuckle or that something. That was funny. There. It took me a second, but that's funny. But in general, landowners aren't automatically liable for wild animal attacks. But each case is different. Mm-hmm. It depends on the special circumstances. So let's look at a guest at the Disney World Resort. They are considered under Florida law to be an invitee. An mm-hmm. invitee is somebody that is paying money to stay on somebody's property, mm-hmm. right? So every guest at a Florida resort who's paid money they're, they're considered a legal invitee. And under Florida law, a property owner has two responsibilities to an invitee. Number one, they owe a duty to use reasonable care in maintaining the property in a safe condition. And number two, they have a duty to warn invitees or guests mm-hmm. of latent or concealed dangers 
that the owner knows about. Now, if you go back to what I said, Florida law does not require a landowner to anticipate the existence of wild animals, nor are they automatically liable for the attacks of wild animals. However, however, mm-hmm. in Disney's case, yeah. since alligators are native to Florida, yes, right, you would think that a property owner is not automatically liable, right? Because you're not liable for animals that are wild. We know that that alligators are prevalent in Florida, right? But where Disney had a problem, you do you know what the problem was? The fact that it's a man-made lake? No, the fact that they had prior knowledge of alligators in their man-made lake. Did they? This wasn't the first time. Back in 1986, an 8-year-old boy was injured when he was attacked by a gator at Fort Wilderness. Really? Right. So that establishes prior knowledge. Right. So this kid in, in 1986, he was watching ducks when a gator grabbed him by the leg. This kid survived. But Disney, and, and um, if you've ever looked on YouTube, there's a video of yeah. alligators in the water. I've seen that video. Next to Splash Mountain. Have yes. you seen that? I have seen that video. Right. And then there's the uh, staff member trying to get the alligator out. So that's... You know, you owe a duty of reasonable care. Now, did you act reasonably under the circumstances? And the issue or the answer to that for Disney was really no. Right. If you knew the existence of wild animals in your man-made lake and you didn't put up signage to warn guests, then it's conceivable that you were negligent. Right. And so that's, you see how complicated this is? Very complicated. It's not as, you know, cut and dry as you'd think. No, because you would think, all right, well, wait a minute. The law says I'm not automatically liable for the attacks of wild animals. Right. So what makes Disney liable? Mm-hmm. And it hinges solely on the fact that they knew or should have known of the existence of animals right. in in their man-made lake. Got it. Right? That so, definitely makes sense, yeah. So that's the difference here. So if you take your Jaws, we're going back to Jaws for a moment, mm-hmm. anything that would have happened at SeaWorld, a private business the owners of SeaWorld would be held to a general negligence standard, not the gross negligence. It's only the municipal entities that are afforded that additional protection. Got it. So next time you watch Jaws... Definitely not as simple as you'd think, no. No, next time you watch Jaws, you know, consider, did what the mayor do rise to a level of gross negligence? I still agree with you. I still think that the answer is yes, but it's it's not cut and dry. Remember earlier in the episode you said to me, if it was a private business, would I have a cut and dry case? Yes. Well, now after we've talked about the fact that you're, you know, you've got these two duties as a, as a, a landowner, right? A mm-hmm. private landowner to the invitee. We talked about the fact that you would basically have to show prior knowledge of the alligators. Do you see how it's not cut and dry? Absolutely. And that that is, I think, one of the biggest misconceptions about the law. Yeah. It seems like, hey, if you have an alligator in your man-made lake, mm-hmm. and it's not the TikTok croc. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. You should be liable for that, right? But it doesn't work. It's not that simple. The, le- the levels of or layers of proof that you have to establish in order to prove your claim, it's not that easy. It really isn't. Even where you you look at this and you're like, oh, come on. 
They have to be responsible. Right. They have to be, you know? So next time you watch Jaws, you could think about this. Or you could be smart and not think too much about it at all. <laughs> yeah, just just watch Jaws and enjoy yeah. it. Don't skip Jaws 2 either. No, don't skip Jaws 2. I, I should go back and watch it. I like Jaws 2. I like... I don't know anything about it. Like, yes, you, you, you've you told me you've seen Jaws 2. Not Jaws 2. What have you seen? Jaws 1, you Jaws 3. You don't remember Jaws 2 where the boat capsizes and no. the kids are on the boat? Nope. I saw Jaws 1. I saw Jaws 3. Um, Those are the only Jaws I've seen. What about Jaws 4? Nope. What happened in Jaws 4? That was horrible. Oh, really? How many Jaws movies even I think are it's there? four. There, what, what do you think is four? I think there's just four, four Jaws movies. I thought there were more. I don't think so. Well, n- now I have to look at, oh, there's four. Okay. So I was right? Yep, you were right. And that's the best thing about this episode. And Jaws I 4 right. has, yeah, well, Jaws 4 has a 3 out of 10 on IMDb and a 15% Metacritic score, so... I'm going to ask you a question. As long oh, as talking... Jaws 3 is even worse. What was Jaws 3? Jaws 3 has 3.7 out of 10, 12% rotten to me. <clears throat> Dying. Shark attack? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Choke attack. Uh, 27% Metacritic. So it's not terrible, but still, 12% Listen, rotten tomatoes. as long as you brought this up, I want to ask you a question about this. Absolutely. Uh, what do you think about Rotten Tomatoes as a means by which you avoid watching certain films? You know, I think this is a complicated question because Rotten Tomatoes... Oh, this could be a whole new two, episode. This really could be, and it's just completely opinion. The thing with Rotten Tomatoes is that there's two different scores. There is the viewer score and the critic score. Now, with each film, it could be different, different things. So here's something interesting. Something like maybe uh, Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2 is one of my favorite movies. I love Gremlins 2. If you haven't seen Gremlins 2, Gremlins 2, go watch Gremlins 1 and then go watch Gremlins 2. That has a 71% tomato score, right? So it's good. And it has a 57% audience score. People that look at that, you know, they might think, oh, this movie's not worth watching. The audience hated it. You know, I think Fast and the Furious, which just came out, 9, is getting great reviews from the critics. But the fans probably are going to give a bad review. Like, it just, it varies. A lot of times I've seen movies that are ranked horribly, and I love them. So many movies that I've seen had such low scores, and I ended up thinking they were amazing. You know, they could get review bombed. Like, it's just not worth using that no. to go off of. I, I, I agree with you. you know, or to judge a movie's worth or value. There. I like to look at the score just to see what it is. But right. You know, back in, in, in my day, when I was younger, you'd, you'd watch, like, George Siegel or something on ABC News, and he'd mm-hmm. tell you what he thought of the of of the movie, but that didn't stop you from going to see it. You know, you just, you know, there wasn't so much information out there. Like, you'd have to wait till the newspaper came out and reviewed right. it. But now it's just instantaneous. You've got people that go out and see a movie, and they put up a, a, a movie review on YouTube, and they mm-hmm. tell you how much they loved it or hated it. I, look, I, I've... There were movies that got great scores that I, I was hated. 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 Absolutely. I can name hated. you. No, I probably won't to, start, to not start fights, but I can name you a movie that I believe has almost 100 on Rotten Tomatoes that I think shouldn't exist. Yeah. So, bottom line here is difficult to sue a municipality. 
not difficult to sue a private entity. But more complicated than you'd think, and don't use Rotten Tomatoes that's to make you watch That's the gist of it all. Movies. Yes. All right. All right. I think that's a good wrap. Uh, yeah, that's perfect. a Perfect, yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it. As they said at the end of Jaws 4, that's a wrap. Oh, is that what they said? Well, I'm sure. Because there's no Jaws 5. That's right. All right, well, that's going to do it for oh, this. Oh, no, you know, wait oh, a minute, wait a minute. Before we, you know what? This is important it's to say. the second time I've tried this. To is this is important to say. Before, <laughs> that's what they said at Jaws 3. Before, <laughs> before, now that we said it, now that we said there's no Jaws 5, they're going to do that thing with horror movies where they redo it, and it's like, you know, Halloween, and it's, they're going to make Jaws. They're going to make Jaws. With a giant CGI Jaws. Well, now it's going to be great special effects. And it's going to be Jaws. And he's going to have more teeth. And it's going to be super heavy on the mare being a nasty dude. And Brad Pitt's going to play Chief Brody. No, it's going to be one of those young guys nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> now, you know, right. like HBO Max starring like Wilfred no, wait, G- no, wait Gimble star. I know who it's like, going to be. It's the guy who is in any water movie ever. Who? What's his name that played Aquaman? Oh, Jason Momoa. Yeah, that's who's going to be. All right, I, I, is he going to play the shark or the? Or <laughs> no, no, Brody? he's going to be Brody. <laughs> okay, or it'll be like it'll be because the new horror movies when they try to redo the classics and they reboot it with the original title, they they don't redo it. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm Chief Brody's great great nephew, of course. Jason you know, Momoa, way far off. Right, right. And then in order to kill Jaws, he will summon the kill. other fish in yes. the ocean. Or you know what? He'll just jump right into his jaws and. Tear him in apart. half, yeah. right? We've already written. This you know movie. that you know that WWE poster with Brock Lesnar, uh, with the shark up on his shoulders. No. Okay. Well, forget it then. But it's like that. Yeah, it's, it's just Jason like Momoa. Jason Momoa. We've predicted Jaws five. If that does happen, then you must tell twenty friends about us. Twenty. Subscribe. Twenty. Twenty five. That's it. Okay. Twenty five. Twenty five friends. We've gone off the rails. Now, now we're really going to end it. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't, and also make sure that you leave a review whenever you get a chance and and let your friends and family know about it. And don't live your life by Rotten Tomatoes. We're going to need a bigger podcast. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. Make sure you follow Peter on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and stay tuned for future episodes.